0: Are you still out in uh in the Nard?
1: Yeah, I am in the Nard, man. Right. God, I gotta start calling it that. Yeah, yeah. the Nard
0: dog. If surely everybody in, that lives in Oxnard calls it the Nard. I would I would assume.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for some football. I'm Kent Garrison,
0: and I'm Brian Gill, and this is Mad About. Bye, bye.
1: Da, da 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 da. You found it.
0: You realize that? Oh, yeah. With the whole world got gone- crazy. It's Yeah. the Showtime.
1: Mad About Movies is your go-to podcast for all things cinema. We talk movie news, movie rumors, and we give you a detailed analysis of our chosen movie of the week. But don't worry, we will warn you when we go into spoilers. Remember to stay tuned till the end of each episode for our weekly recommends, in which we each suggest something that you need to check out ASAP. This week, we are focusing our efforts on what,
0: Brian? Marvel's The Wolverine. I want to offer you a gift, Logan. You have struggled long enough. Your ability to heal can be passed to another. Allow someone else to shoulder your burden, Logan, son, I can make you mortal. Trust me, Bob. You don't want what I've got
1: now i I could have sworn and correct me on this Brian yeah could have
0: sworn that this movie has already been made yeah you would you would uh think that a standalone Wolverine movie from like four years ago would uh would cover all things Wolverine but uh you would be wrong you would be wrong so yeah. we needed another one and I'm gonna be honest and I'm gonna mention this up front before we
1: before we get into movie news, rumors, and rumblings, I haven't seen X Men Origins Wolverine,
0: so oh, I'm, okay. I'm really looking
1: forward to your
0: comparison of the two films. All right, um, well, I'm ready to give it. Kit, yeah. should we uh, should we let our listeners know that that our our dear dear friend Richard is uh, is no longer with us for this week, or uh, that he died <laughs> tragically? You made it sound uh, for a few seconds. You made it sound like
1: he he was seriously <laughs> gone forever. He's no longer with yeah. us. Yeah, we fired Which, him from the show. Yeah, tragic diarrhea-related incident. It's it's tough. It's tough. it's tough. it's tough. It's really really tough. Um, but no, Richard is in Montana, I believe. Yeah, doing a little vacationing states. up there. He sent us some pictures uh, yeah. from his trip, and all of them inappropriate, by the way. Thanks, Richard. Right? No, I prefer inappropriate. <laughs> but I could have sworn that the majority of them were for were. From National Geographic. I mean, they were yeah. they were copyrighted by the National Geographic Corporation. I mean, there's yeah. no way that he's actually there looking at those sites up there. But um, he's yeah. he's not able to be with us because apparently they haven't uh, brought internet to Montana yet. <laughs> so yeah. one of these
0: days, that, you know. That's all right though. That gives us an opportunity to talk about how we really feel about Richard, which is always great. I feel like uh, it's it's it'd be good to hear because I never get to talk to you, Kent. Just yeah. you. Richard's always there, just, you know, getting in the way, and, um, I mean, I really, really don't care for Richard, and so I assume you feel the same way, but, um, hey, you know, every once in a while, it's good to, to be able to talk without him. Yeah, it is. It's great. It's,
1: anytime we can not have Richard involved, you know, yeah. in something that we like to do. Right. You know. Yeah. I, I feel kind of obligated, you know, to to include Richard in things. Well, but- he has no other friends. Exactly. I mean, I I feel an obligation and I'm glad that we can get, you know, do a real movie podcast this week, you know, yeah. and not just the imitations yeah. that we've been throwing out there for the past, you know, nine months. But I'm no, I'm really, really, really excited to to get into this with you because I know you're a big Marvel movie fan as well as I am. You and I are probably the Marvel guys on this podcast for sure. Totally, yeah. So I'm really excited to get into it. But but first, wouldn't be a Mad About Movies podcast without a little movie news, rumors? And rumblings. So let's get let's get right right down to business. Um, right off the top of the bat, um, Star Wars Seven is is just around the corner, and uh, of course, you know, when a movie of this magnitude is on the horizon, the press kind of goes crazy with sure. every every rumor that comes out uh, regarding you know the making of the movie. And one rumor that has been confirmed that we that we had mentioned was a rumor on a previous episode. I believe you weren't on the episode. I think it was the Place Beyond the Pines, maybe, that okay. you weren't on the episode where we talked about yeah. John Williams' possible involvement in yeah. in Star Wars 7. Well, uh, he confirmed this week that he is 100% scoring Star Wars 7.
0: Yeah. yeah. So,
1: a really, really exciting thing. I think you kind of know what you're going to get there. But, like I said, I think in that episode before, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's not Star Wars without John Williams. You know, I really can't, I can't imagine (laughs) a Star Wars film without a John Williams score. So what are your thoughts on, on that?
0: No, I, I'm completely with you. I think you hit it exactly. I I don't think we're going to get anything that, uh, is just, you know, super spectacular and new and unique, uh, or catches us off guard or anything like that. But uh but yeah, a Star Wars movie without John Williams is is not right. And uh, he's done such a great job in the past of putting those I mean Phantom Menace, I think we can we can all agree the the absolute best part of Phantom Menace is the Duel of the Fates and the Oh yeah. uh the score that that John Williams put to it. And so uh yeah, he's great. He's he's the best. It's it's great to have him on board for this film and it um you know, I assumed the whole time that he would do this, but it would be a sad day if they had to replace John Williams with, like, Hans Zimmer or something, um, and if he wasn't uh, wasn't going to be involved. So, yeah, good to have him back, and uh, I'm sure that he will do a fantastic job like he always does.
1: Yeah, it's funny because John Williams is a very, you know, traditional um, composer for films. He He really watches the film. And writes the music afterward. I mean, he really lets the emotion of the film dictate the score of the film. And if if he came out with Duel of the Fates by watching the Phantom Menace, <laughs> yeah, what? i just imagine what kind of score he's going to do for a film that's actually decent, you know. And no, and, totally. and I'm predicting now that it's going to be a good movie. And we're going to talk a little bit more uh, later about some more specifics about Star Wars 7, But I mean putting him together with JJ Abrams yeah is i think they might have worked together on Super 8 and don't quote me on that but i think John Williams might have done the score to Super 8 which was good but and you might want to look that up Brian so i don't look like a fool sure um, uh, but I'll i mean be. imagine how great this movie is going to be and just imagine the score that's going to come out of it it's just going to be the icing on the cake for you know for the movie although you know i think I think Hans Zimmer has done great work in some of his other work and he he filled in great I thought for John Williams in Man of Steel who John Williams had done the previous Superman scores which were iconic you know but I felt like Hans Zimmer kind of really made a name for himself you know it didn't <laughs> it didn't feel like there was it was lacking in the score at all I felt the the score of Man of Steel had a lot of a lot of strong moments in it yeah um but I'm really really excited about you know this score for star wars seven I mean it's weird to say that one of the most exciting things I'm excited about for Star Wars is the score sure but I really really am I mean it makes a huge difference and and I really can't wait uh, for the
0: for, for the record he did not do the super eight uh score but I, I sworn see, he did. Oh well. It's it's Michael Gia, Giacchino. Okay, yeah, and, no, he did
1: the Star Trek and he's the he's Abram's guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always forget his name. And I don't know why I thought John Williams did that, but Well, I'll say,
0: I'll say I was just going to say I mean, I just googled, you know, score Super 8 John Williams and uh I got several results that are like reviews of the score and they're all saying, you know, is very reminiscent of a classic John Williams score. So, uh-huh. I can uh, as As a score connoisseur. Oh no, what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of E. T.
1: That's what I'm thinking of. Because Super 8 and E. T. are basically the same movie.
0: And both are awesome. And they're
1: both awesome in different ways. But no, um that's really exciting. So I just wanted to confirm that rumor uh, for our listeners about about John Williams. So let's get into some more Star Wars seven news. Have you heard anything about the the script that's been written?
0: Uh, I have only heard any
1: reactions or anything?
0: No, I've only seen or heard what you uh, you you texted us a picture of of the uh, the huge script a couple of I don't know a few days ago. That's that's pretty much all that I've seen on it.
1: Yeah. Um. So casting rumors, I believe we've talked about before what they're looking for as far as the storyline. I think it's Luke's training his niece and nephew, whom are going right. to become Jedi's, and there's a few other. Right. I mean. The nephew has a friend, you know, kind of a Han Solo friend type of guy. Sure. And they're really going younger with this. But as I mentioned before, and the press goes kind of crazy with Star Wars, uh, this past week a rumor dropped concerning the male leads in the film. And you and Richard and I had a great conversation via text regarding this rumor. The rumor being that Ryan Gosling... As well as Zac Efron are in talks uh, for Star Wars Seven, the leads. And why don't you go ahead and and kind
0: of fill the listeners in on, on how our conversation went down? Yeah, I think all three of us agree that that Ryan Gosling is an incredible actor. Um, I don't know, I may be higher on him than, than you can but he he is he is rapidly becoming one of my one of my favorites. I, I really love the guy. And I think he's an incredibly talented and diverse actor. So I'm I'm I think we're all pretty good with him being in in uh, any movie, uh especially a, a Star Wars movie, um, you know, regardless of whatever his role may be. The Zach Efron thing is what became our uh our source of discussion, I think, more than anything, because my my contention with Zach Efron is I have no idea whether or not he's a good actor. I think I've only seen him in one thing outside of the High School Musical world, uh, and that is Seventeen again. Are you? Did you? Have you seen that movie? I haven't Can't, seen are you it. No. What I'm talking about. I haven't seen. Uh,
1: I don't, I don't believe I've seen any Zac Efron movies. Was he in Hairspray? Yeah. Yes. I've seen Hairspray. No, okay. I don't think that's I've the, seen that. That's the only thing I've seen that with Zach. I've yeah. never seen High School Musical. Uh. Any of his work, I don't believe I've seen. So. Sure.
0: I've seen High School Musical. I might have seen the second one. I mean, I work with kids and, you know, at some point... <laughs> when you've worked with kids for 15 years, at some point you're going to end up watching some movies that are pretty terrible. But, um, but no, I mean, he was fine in 17 again. And he actually, uh, he hosted SNL three or four years ago and he actually had a pretty good turn on, on SNL. Did one of my favorite bits that they've done in the last decade where he he played the kid from high school musical coming back to high school and talking about how different college was than, than the high school that he he grew up in. Um, but all that to say he could probably be the greatest actor in the world. And I don't think that I would be able to take him seriously just because of his background, because of what we know of him is this, uh, you know, over the top, ridiculous, disnified uh, musical bit. Um, so I can't I I'm not I can't remember exactly where you came down on the conversation, but Richard contends that, that Zach Efron is actually a very good actor and uh, that he will be great for this this role. Yeah. I uh
1: where do I stand on this? <laughs> you gotta I what confuses me about about your stance on this is so you're saying even if Zach Efron uh, pulls it off 100% and gives a great performance in Star Wars, you're still not going to like it?
0: I'm not saying I'm not going to like it. I'm not saying even that there's no way that it's possible. I'm just saying from the outside looking at when you're when you're talking about making what very well could be the biggest movie of all time and you're already coming on the heels of three other movies in this series that did not go over well and were considered too kiddy and too, um, insignificant for what they should, you know, compared to what they should have been. If you're going to if you're going to, if you're going to make that movie and you're going to follow those movies and your lead or one of your leads is going to be the guy who made his name dancing and singing while playing a basket in basketball games on a high on high school musical, I feel like you're putting your movie in a bad position to where it already has a strike against it going in. And maybe that's completely unfair to Zach Efron and to the movie itself. But um for anybody who's like me who you know, Richard, Richard saw that he recommended that that movie The Paperboy at one point during our weekly recommend. And Zach right. Efron's in that, and I've heard he's good in it. I haven't seen that movie, I haven't seen anything else that he's done. Um, that's outside of the Disney world and so it's going to be very difficult for me to take him seriously and therefore take at least his portions of the movie seriously um, when I'm going in with this and I'll try not to look I'm going to go see Star Wars and I'm I can guarantee you that unless it is a complete disaster worse than the prequels, I'm going to come out and I'm going to say, "Man, I really like that." And maybe afterwards I'll come back and change my mind. Um, but I, you know, Star Wars is just such a big part of my life. There's no way that I won't enjoy enjoy that movie. I would say that just from the, just in 2013, two years before the movie comes out, I would say right now that I would much prefer <laughs> that my Star Wars movie not involve Zac Efron.
1: Right, and when I heard this rumor, um, I felt the same way. But then I felt like I needed to look at it from the perspective of Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams. And if there's one thing – I mean there, this movie's like you said, is probably going to be the biggest movie of all time, box mm. office. Yeah. But if there's one thing, in all honesty – that the Star Wars franchise is missing, and that has never hit, is the female audience, and I think having Zac Efron yeah. and Ryan Gosling in your movie is gonna draw females in droves. Really, yeah. I mean, girls are gonna go together without guys to see this movie, which, and if you get some no names in there, you know, or just some randos from TV in there to play these Jedi's, like. Guys will see it, yeah, and guys will like it. But I just really think it's kind of a stroke of genius on their part if it ends up being being true. And yeah. I think it's—I think I really have to be proven wrong uh, on that one. So,
0: yeah. Now, my counterpoint to that would be Ryan Gosling, in and of its, uh, in and of himself, is probably enough to draw that that audience. And Ryan Gosling is a is a tremendous actor, and so. Yeah. And I, I would ask this, too. And I don't know. I I, I don't know what the answer to this is. Um, I know that Zach Efron's last two movies that he was the star of tanked really badly. Um, he's done – he did a Nicholas Sparks movie. Yeah. I think yep. it was called The Lucky One or The Lucky Ones or something like that. And he did a another movie that looked like a Nicholas Sparks movie called – Charlie Saint Cloud, I think, is what it's called. I can pull up his IMDb, but I think I'm right on that. Um, both of those did not do very well at all, and so I, my question is, if the goal is okay, we're gonna a, we're gonna get good actors. I think that's got obviously that's number one. B, we're gonna find some actors who have broad appeal. Um, if if we're going with what you're saying, Kent, and and we're gonna add, we're gonna bring in, we're gonna try to get the female audience, the non cosplay female audience. Um, does Zach Efron even hold any sway within a hundred percent. You know what I mean?
1: If you asked any girl I have a sister who's seventeen in high okay. school if you asked her who are the most who are the most attractive male actors, Zach Efron and Ryan Gosling would be, you know, <laughs> over seventy five percent of people's answers would be one of those two guys, I think. Okay. Uh so I mean, it really. I think it is going to be a stroke of genius. I mean, I think they're. I think Zac Efron has talent, but I mean, it's it's kind of like DiCaprio maybe in his early days. You know, before he did like What's Eating Gilbert Grape, he was just a TV guy who was. You know, he was on the cover of what Teen Beat magazine and things like that. Nobody took DiCaprio seriously until he did movies that people gave a rip about. Like right. Titanic and like, um, I mean his later "Catch Me If You Can" and things like that. But right, I mean when you realize, when you get a good director and a good script and a a s- franchise film like this, and it and it's not bad. I mean it's it's going to take him to the next level. And I, I think really, I think Richard mentioned that that Efron is roommates with with DiCaprio. Um, and they're great friends. So, I mean, there's no telling what kind of chops Efron has now, you know, as far as acting. I mean, he's probably learned so much from DiCaprio, um, on that front. But I want to talk a little more about Gosling here, because the more I picture it, in the most non-homosexual way possible, (laughs) Efron is so perfect for Star Wars. I mean, can you just imagine him in a Jedi's robe with the hood up, you know? Yeah. Uh... I mean he just has that anger in his face that you would th- you would need for a Jedi, you know. And this the uh the demeanor of a Jedi. He really does. Um and I just I just think it's going to be electrifying um to have him involved involved in this series. So yeah. what are your thoughts on on casting Gosling?
0: I I'm all for it. When we when we first talked about uh all this stuff before we knew what the plot was kind of going to be, because I remember there was a while where we thought it might end up being a um, something that bridged the gap, maybe or came closer to uh, to Return of the Jedi than what we're what we're going to get. Which seems like it's going to be, it seems like Episode Seven is going to be thirty years from the end of Return of the Jedi. For a while, we thought maybe we were going to have. Uh, Han Solo and and Luke Skywalker and and Princess Leia and all these guys kind of recast with younger actors and Gosling was my pick to play Han to play uh, Han Solo. Um, I I love the guy. I really I don't know exactly where the uh, the turn came for me with him because I wasn't that big of a fan of his for for a while. But uh, over the last two or three years, he has really really risen up and become one of my. My my really my favorite actors in Hollywood and guy a guy who I, I think is just supremely talented. Um, we've talked before about Drive, I believe, and Drive was my number one movie of 2011, and his performance was was my favorite performance of the yeah. year as well. I just I I was blown away by what he uh, by what he did in that movie and the way that he was able to communicate so much with so few words, which is just, I think it's such a powerful, cool thing that actors can do. Um, and, or great actors can do. And, and I think he's, so I think he's great. And I'm, I I mean, honestly with him, it's whatever movie he's being added to, I feel like, okay, yeah, I'm good with that. It doesn't really matter what it is. And so, Oh, he's in my you know my favorite franchise of all time without any question. It's not even close. It's Star Wars. And oh, you're gonna you're gonna add Gosling to it. Great. Can you get, get can you get like Gary Oldman too? Can you just oh, like yeah. fulfill all of my dreams? Yeah. Um, yeah no. One hundred percent in on Gosling. Yeah,
1: I I really I'm gonna back you up there. And <laughs> again, in the most non-homosexual way possible, <laughs> I'll see any movie with Ryan Gosling in it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Until he
1: proves me wrong. And. To, And until he does something that's shite, you know, uh, I really think he is immensely talented. And that movie, Place Beyond the Pines, Mm -hmm. which is his last theatrical movie, I believe, he was the best part by far. I mean, you never want to see him not on the screen, really. Mm -hmm. He's just Mm -hmm. such a great actor. And to add him to Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and with J.J. Abrams at the helm – it's just an amazing thing, and hopefully that rumor is true. I mean, you know, he has the Star Wars script on his desk right now.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and he's probably already read it. You know, I mean, I'm so jealous of him on that. On that front, <laughs> but you got to remember, Brian, and you hit on it just a little bit, a little bit before. You have to remember that Ryan Gosling was a Musketeer.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, he he was Zac Efron. <laughs> Yeah. Back in the day. I mean, he was almost in the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> right. So, I mean, there was a turn there, and it was Drive, where you started to take him seriously and realize his talent level. And I think that this is the film for Zac Efron to do that, is the Star Wars movie.
0: Again, I would my my argument to that is, and you're not wrong at all, um, but my argument to that would be... Uh, we got several. and
1: Gosling did Nicholas Sparks The Notebook too, you know. I know, and I know, no one took him but, seriously after that.
0: But he also did Half Nelson, Lars and the Real Girl, and Blue Valentine between between The Notebook and Drive. And that yeah. I think I think that's what I'm missing on Efron. Here's the thing: I'm willing to take him seriously. I'm willing to give him a chance. I want to see. I would like to see two or three films that are somewhat accessible because i don't think paperboy is accessible at all um they're somewhat accessible even if they're indie movies where i can start to build towards (laughs) taking him seriously do you know what i mean rather than him just jumping from high school musical and 17 again directly into the movie that is that i'm looking forward to more than any other movie ever in the history of the world you know um that that's all i i i'm totally willing to to uh I'm happy to see him go from what you know, what I think of him now as just, you know, a a fluffy Disney actor to becoming a, a great actor. Um and maybe I'm just a jerk for <laughs> for not taking him seriously as is, but I, I'm concerned about it's not just him, it'd be anybody going from from a movie from a a resume like his straight into this huge, epic, important action film that's going to be uh, a a very big deal for me personally.
1: Yeah. I want to talk about some female casting now. And I've thought about this today, actually. And I'm convinced that it's the right move to make for Star Wars 7. Okay. If you're you're trying to cast a teenage to mid-twenties girl for this movie, there's only one name for it. And that name is Emma Watson. <laughs> oh yeah! I mean, think oh. about how perfect she is for Star Wars. I mean, there's no other name.
0: She's, she's been great. in
1: a ten- in Harry Potter. She's been in an epic movie before. Yeah. She knows how to do the the action movie, the CGI crap. Mm-hmm. And people love her. Everyone knows she's good, and everyone likes her. So I mean, Ryan Gosling and Emma Watson in this, <laughs> like. Oh man, that's gonna be so great! Yeah. So, is there any other name that you think could possibly do that besides besides her? Because to me, that's the only name on my list.
0: Yeah, you're putting me on and, the and,
1: spot. And people were gonna mention like Kristen Stewart and things, but no. Oh, if please she, please God, no. Please God, no. You know, so <laughs> Carrie Mulligan, maybe I'd like to see her again. I don't yeah. know if she could do an action movie, but I think she's right. talented, and she has great chemistry with Gosling, which we've seen before. Yeah. Um.
0: No, if you're a, if they if they're casting a a youngish uh girl, which if they're holding to this storyline they should be, they should be casting the 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 mythology, I guess, or the the canon for Han and Leia's kids are uh Jaina and Jason who are twins and I, we're thinking that they're correct me if I'm wrong, but we're we're thinking that they're going to be in their late teens. Is that is that right?
1: Yeah, hey? I I would say I mean, Luke is going to be what in his fifties or something. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're going to be if they cast Gosling, I'm sure they'll make it older, right? I'm interested
0: to see what Gosling ends up as because to me, if they're going to go with that route of we're going to have these Luke Skywalkers training his niece and nephew. Um, and I think the era, niece and there, nephew
1: would be Zac Efron and the Watson. Yeah,
0: and, that's and what I, I, think, going
1: I think I um, think Gosling would be sort of the rogue guy that yeah. that got, that. Efron and um, and Watson kind of team up with like Han Solo you know sure. like Luke and Leia did with Han Solo yeah so I think uh, they're going to sort of it, stick to the canon and make it sort of
0: reminiscent
1: of the original but in a new way do you know what I mean and yeah. I think like you said I mean Gosling would be perfect for a Han Solo type role you know a rogue yeah. um, kind of smuggler guy really kind of shady but I hope he's a Jedi because I think he could pull off a <laughs> Jedi excellent sure
0: Sure. Um, No, you're, you're dead on with Emma Emma Watson. I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody else. I'll I'll try to come up with some names maybe for our next, our next episode, but yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to
1: mention these to Richard because I know he has a lot of thoughts on these. So next week we'll, when Richard's back, uh, we'll, we'll ask him about this too. So um, I'm sure this is a topic that'll get brought up many, many times before it's all said and done.
0: We are the official podcast of Star Wars, so, I mean, yeah. we're, we talk about it constantly. Our our listeners should know this by now, so. Exactly. Let's, there's one more thing I want to mention
1: before we, before we get into the Wolverine. Um, did you see the trailer to this movie when you saw the Wolverine, this, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty starring Ben Stiller? Yes. Yes, I did. And I wanted to mention this because apparently this movie is incredible. Yeah. And apparently Ben Stiller is might be the front runner for best actor at <laughs> yeah. this point. And I just yeah. want to ask you, Brian, and we might have to ask Richard this again next week, but are are we prepared to live in a world <laughs> where the two best performances of the year come from Mackie McConaughey and Ben Stiller?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I Do know. You know I mean? It's so weird. It's so weird. Oh man. Um I don't know if I'm <laughs> I really like Ben Stiller. I don't know how you feel about about uh about Mr. Stiller, but he uh look, <laughs> he does some really bad movies, there's no question. Um but I've always I've always had a kind of a blind spot for him in that not not necessarily that I enjoy all of his movies, but I don't write his movies off the way that I will like I don't know. Adam Sandler is a, is probably too easy of, of an example, but if Adam Sandler is going to be in a movie now, I just immediately say, Oh, that's going to suck. And I'm not going to see it. Rather you know, having seen nothing about it, um, Ben Stiller really doesn't have that great of a resume. If you really want to get right down to it, but maybe it's just that he did a great bit on arrested development or the, uh, he's had a couple of great turns on SNL. Um, I love Tropic Thunder. Uh, um, there's a he, he's done some great stuff and it's just mixed in with Zoolander. It's just mixed in with a bunch of junk. Uh, um, so, but yeah, I don't know what to think of the world where we're going to have, uh, <laughs> where we could have Ben Stiller nominated for Best Actor. Uh, but the trailer, uh, as you mentioned, it looks just incredible. And I hadn't heard anything about this, that movie until I saw the trailer before Wolverine and was just... Uh, I think I, I was floored the first by the ten cinematography minutes. of it. Oh, yeah. I spent the first 10 minutes of the movie not really paying attention to the movie because I was just thinking about uh, about the, the trailer that I'd just seen. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm very, very interested in that for sure.
1: Yeah, I think Ben Stiller is talented. I mean, there's no doubt. But, I mean, he does make some bad, some bad career choices. <laughs> yeah. And a few I can name just now. The Watch. Yes. Um... <laughs> Uh, Little Fockers, maybe.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, Meet the Fockers. Uh, you can put some, into that. There's, as there's well. ones that
1: I don't even haven't even heard of yep.
0: on here. Yep. The Heartbreak Kid. <laughs> yeah. Envy is a terrible movie. Um, Envy,
1: yes, horrible. School yeah. for Scoundrels. School for Scoundrels. Duplex. Oh, dude, I forgot about Duplex. Duplex.
0: There um, some terrible
1: ones, but there's also some great stuff in here. Like uh-huh. Tropic Thunder, I thought was genius. In a lot of ways, I thought he was amazing in that. Um, I loved his character in Arrested Development, Tony Wonder, and I was hoping we could get a Tony Wonder movie eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, but I, you know, he's a great comedic actor, but I think he does have dramatic chops, and I think this movie is going to be the proof of that. And
0: yeah, you know, I I I... guess the only only time we've seen it really is uh, is Greenberg, which I've not seen, but it got. I guess decent reviews. Um so yeah, and I'm
1: not saying that that Walter Mitty's going to be a drama. I think it'll be a dramedy. You know, there's yeah. funny moments in the trailer itself that it, made, it made like- the audience laugh out loud. I mean, the audience sure. is dying at the in the last um the last scene of the trailer. Right. But I really think he has chops and I'm really looking forward to this movie because with the reviews I've got that it's gotten, I'm really excited. It reminded me of Up in the Air the cinematography. Sure.
0: I was going to say it, uh, it kind of had the vibe that I got from it was a, a and apparently this is, this is based on a short story that I've never read before, but I'm going to have to before the movie. But um, it reminded me of a more epic version of uh, Stranger Than Fiction. The Will Ferrell, Uh, Emma Thompson movie, you know what I'm talking about? Um, It just kind of had that vibe to it, but with a much more uh, epic, high-class cinematography feel. Yeah. I,
1: I'm, man, I'm excited about this. We're going to do yeah. an episode yeah. on it for sure. So look forward to that coming up, I believe, in December, Oscar time. Yeah. That's how you know it's going to be good is the release window. Right. So, yeah, like I said, it's just funny to think, you know, and it's end of July, nearly, it's August this weekend, and the two best performances that we've heard about is is – McConaughey and you know Ben Stiller. Yeah. So there it's is there any a... other than McConaughey is there any performances you've seen that yep you said
0: wow that was yep. Oscar worthy. One more uh and we're I hopefully Steve it's going to be the move. No, was great. Uh the, the Oh, Sam Rockwell next week, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Uh I if I had I mean it's way early. Obviously most of the contender type movies that we're going to are gonna come our way have not come out yet. Um if I if I had an Oscar vote right now, I would cast it for Sam Rockwell and I wouldn't even think about it. Uh he's he's tremendous in the way way yeah. back. So And you can't uh, count out uh Clooney and Gravity. Clooney and you know... gravity and then the entire cast of the monuments men uh that uh-huh. Clooney's directing it that's that one's gonna be the one I think that that does a lot or that uh is gonna change the fortune of a lot of these people who are contending. Because if it comes out and it plays like Argo did, you're probably not going to... It's probably going to be up for all of the... It's probably going to be up for your director and best picture, but it may not take any actor awards. That's kind of the vibe that I'm getting right now, but we haven't even seen a trailer for it. If it comes out with... If there's a definite lead performance and there's a definite pair of great uh, supporting performances, then I think that could change the, the... the conversation for a lot of people who are hoping to get an Oscar nomination this year
1: yeah I can't wait to do our Oscar episode man I just love I love breaking down acting in general other than just movies I really like comparing acting styles and stuff so I'm, I'm excited for that so uh how about we move on and talk about the Wolverine let's do it hey what's up man fam Kent here Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy-glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com mad. That's blueapron.com mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash That's ZipRecruiter com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. My employer is dying. He wants to thank you for saving his life all those years ago. It's an honor to meet
0: the Wolverine. That's not who I am anymore.
1: Okay, Brian, here we go. Man, I, I just, every time... Summer comes around, and not even summer, but every time a Marvel movie comes around and opening credits come and that Marvel logo flipping comic books comes up, I just get excited. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's one of the few moments in cinema anymore that, you know, old school Disney used to do that back in the 90s. When you see that logo, you just know something great's about to happen. Sure. Um, So I want you to talk about first right now talk to me about how much you liked or disliked uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine
0: okay yeah um, look I I think I come down softer on that movie than, than most people I do I own it I didn't know that I owned it but when I uh, was preparing for the Wolverine I thought well I probably should see Origins and uh, lo and behold I, I had a copy of it sitting on my on my shelf so uh, it's it's a very flawed movie, um, and I, I I know that it is not not well uh, liked within the fanboy or movie critic role. I'm trying to pull it up on uh, Rotten Tomatoes to see what the what its score there was, um, but I know the fanboys were not. Yeah, 38 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't yeah. think it's that bad. I don't think it's it's really. I don't think it's a good movie. Um, it's not a movie that's. I want to watch over and over again the way I do the first two X Men or X Men First Class, but uh, you know it's—I <laughs> don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. It's—it's it's fairly lifeless, and um, I think that's maybe what what drives people a little bit crazy uh, as far as it's concerned. It, it just—it goes in a lot of directions. It doesn't have a lot of—it does it for an origin story. It doesn't spend that much time. Um, building any character development or anything like that. Anyway, uh, I don't think it's an awful movie. I get why people don't like it. Um, but uh, it's definitely... <laughs> it's clear that, uh, that the Marvel universe wants to pretend like that movie never happened. Um, as in this movie that we're going to talk about tonight basically doesn't reference it at all and uh they just i don't know, they just kind of f- try to pretend like it never happened and and move uh-huh. move along so not a ter- not a terrible movie, not a movie you want to watch a bunch of times for some reason it has will I am in it, so that's not great
1: brian how could how could will I am in a marvel <laughs> film
0: not be great? Answer me that I know. I know I just can't we need to do a whole a whole uh, pod sometime on why we insist on putting singers and rappers into our movies and why it just never works out unless it's Tyrese. Gibson. Was Tyrese Gibson a rapper or was he an He was mom? an R&B singer. He wasn't a rapper. Okay. All right. Tyrese Gibson gets a pass because of his greatness in and Luda, the last two Luda gets a pass. Oh, yeah. yeah. But if you're, let's if you're if it's uh, if it's fast and furious, you can do whatever you want. But everybody else, no more singers or rappers in your movies. No, I, look, it's not a good movie. But it's not a, it's not the worst movie. I think it's got a it has a worse reputation than it really deserves. Um, but you can you can understand why fanboys of Wolverine, which I consider myself a, a part of that group, um, want something else to hold on to rather than the X-Men Origins movie. Yeah. So, that
1: being said, give me your initial impressions of The Wolverine.
0: Uh, my, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say from the the get-go, I wasn't enthusiastic about this movie at all, and I, as much as, like I just said, I, I you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this character. Having grown up a big X-Men fan, that, that cartoon was a huge part of my uh, young, young upbringing. Um, a big part of my youth. And, and I love that cartoon. I love the Wolverine. And I, I think his character is very fascinating. I wasn't just all that juiced about this movie because I, I'm, I've started to feel like Wolverine is very similar to the Hulk, wherein he doesn't make for a good movie on his own. He's best in a supporting role. Um, the way the Hulk was in, the, in the Avengers, yeah. um, so I wasn't that that juiced up about it, and my you know my my initial impression was it was uh, it wasn't bad. It's better than I thought, and I if maybe more than anything else, I really really enjoyed all of the Wolverine parts of this movie. I thought mm-hmm. as as the movie got further and further away from from Wolverine, as we branched out into some of the other characters, I didn't care, and I thought it definitely went. And we'll talk. We can talk about this more later. But I, I thought it definitely went in way too many directions. Um, but you know, it's a solid. It's a solid Marvel movie. Solid superhero movie. I think a different sort of film than we usually get from the uh, from the Marvel uh, studios and, and from their the, the visionaries that work on on the Marvel properties. Um, it's a much grittier, harder look at a, at a superhero, and I, I kind of enjoyed that part. Um, and I thought Jackman – look, I, I think Jackman is always good, and I think that he is kind of born to play this role. Um, but this is uh, – man, he was really good this time around. Not that he's ever – again, not that he's ever been bad in this role, but uh, maybe better than, than he's ever been before.
1: Yeah, I think before on this podcast, you had mentioned that other than Star Wars, that that X-Men was your favorite franchise
0: ever growing up, maybe that you watched. That car- yeah. That cartoon was a huge part of my, mm-hmm. my youth. I loved, I, I still love that. Occasionally I'll, I'll catch that, that cartoon on one of the random, you know, cartoon channels on, on dish. And, uh, and I, will sit and watch it for hours. So I just think it's, it's such a great, such a great cartoon. And I, uh, one of the, the best examples, in my opinion of it, whether film, TV, cartoon, whatever of taking a taking a comic book and translating it to to a, a different medium because they did such a great job of that uh, with that cartoon. So yeah, huge huge for me just in general. But I've kind of soured on the the franchise because of The Last Stand and X Men or uh, the Wolverine Origins and and First Class, which I love. Is just is such a different kind of movie. I think it has a different tone than the other than the first two X-Men movies. Definitely a different tone than this movie and a different tone than the, the cartoons. I
1: really. I, th- and I think it's obvious to the listeners now that due to the fact that I haven't seen Origins Wolverine. Yeah, it really wasn't jazzed for this movie at all. I really uh-huh. I, X-Men is fine to me. It It's never something that I'm. Super, I was super, super stoked about. Um, unlike the other Marvel work, being you know yep. the Avengers, I'm much more of an Avengers guy than an X Men guy. Sure. Um, if I had to choose, but um, I really, 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 really liked X Men First Class, mm-hmm. and I really think that they were going for sort of the same deal here with with the Wolverine, especially the first scene of the movie being Nagasaki. Right, Which, by the way, was breathtaking.
0: Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm.
1: unbelievable. That scene came and I was like, oh my gosh, this movie is going to be great. Uh, But it kind of took a different path than I had expected. And it became much more of a kung fu movie. Yeah. Or a samurai movie than it did a X-Men movie and yeah. i i don't know if that that was the right right call there. What are your thoughts sure. on
0: that? No, i think you're right and i think that not to
1: say it wasn't a decent movie because yeah. it was yeah. but i but it wasn't the path that i wanted going into the movie, you know. I wanted more X-Men Origin. <laughs> no pun sure. intended there, you know. So
0: I I i think that i think what you said is exactly right and i think that it is both the blessing and the curse of this movie because I I thought for a while what it what it kind of turned into was like a crime thriller with a superhero mm-hmm. backbone and I really mm-hmm. dug that it, it kind of there's it's it's not more than twenty or thirty minutes within the movie that's that's that goes along that path but it kind of had me jonesing for the uh, Agents of Shield TV show that we're going to get mm-hmm. uh, this fall because um, I think that's kind of what they're going for there and I. I really like that, and then you're you're right. It, it kind of turned into a a kung fu movie, and so I guess what I'm trying. What I, my point would be, I think that those are really cool, unique ways to do a superhero movie, and I appreciated that, and I, th- I thought that that was a cool bit. I think I would prefer it if they would have just stuck to one theme, um, put. Wolverine put a superhero within a crime thriller and we'll just do that for the whole movie or put a superhero in a Kung Fu movie and we'll do that for the whole movie. I think I got tired of it when it, as it progressed because I felt like they were trying to hit on half a dozen different themes or genres even. Mm-hmm. And when I really wanted just to stick with one thing and go with it because I think by the end it's basically just turned into a superhero movie again, and it's it's a fairly generic yeah. ending uh, or or final uh, you know third act. Um, whereas the the beginning of it, the, the first two acts at least were were not that way, but they did suffer from a bit of, of schizophrenia
1: genre ADD.
0: Yeah, sure, that's yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah, and yeah.
1: I I totally agree with you, especially about the third act. Um we might go into spoilers later. I don't know if there's really a spoiler here because I mean it's obvious the ending that Wolverine's gonna destroy everybody and ultimately right. remain the Wolverine. Right. Um but I, I feel the same way. There's some breathtaking moments in this movie though. The the first the first scene, like mm-hmm. I mentioned, is great. And the bullet train scene sequence yeah. Yeah. was awesome. Right. The whole time that was going on, it, there's a scene – I don't know if you've ever been to Japan, but mm-hmm. bullet trains are a big deal there, and they go about 200 or 300 miles an hour, mm-hmm. and you can get from point A to point B in literally no time. But there's a scene, which is a very typical scene in a movie where – I mean we saw it in The Lone Ranger, and we've seen it in every summer blockbuster probably in the past 20 years where somebody's running along the top of a train. and mean you saw it in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. We've seen it in so, so much – but to do it at 300 miles an hour <laughs> is taking yeah. it to the next level. And I thought that was by far the most impressive thing sure. in this movie. And it was one of the only times where we, where I felt like I was watching X-Men and not watching a Kung Fu movie. Yeah. But this is much more of a character piece than it is in an X-Men it movie. Is. Sure. And, you know, just when you think people are sick of the Wolverine – You know, I was sitting in the theater on a Sunday night at 9.30 p.m., and it was completely sold out, you know? Right. And it's just like this guy, Jackman, and this character just draws audience in droves, and there's really no stopping it at this point. Yeah. And so I I think the fact that we didn't get another Wolverine Origins is cool, and I think some credit should go to the writers of this movie. It was very – It was definitely – Creative, you know, it definitely was yeah. not what anyone had expected, but I don't know if that's necessarily really such a bad thing because I felt like it worked in a lot of areas. But I do feel like it was just—I mean—to set it in Japan was so random, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no one in the th- in you know going in probably thought they were going to go see a Japanese movie, you know, and and not to say that that Japanese movies are bad because I'm huge, you know. I loved the Raid Redemption and I liked, mm-hmm. you know, uh Ong Bak and Ip Man and all that stuff. I mean, that stuff's awesome. Mm-hmm. But to combine that with Wolverine was really really crazy and I think yeah. maybe maybe some of this will be clarified more once once Days of Future Past comes out, which maybe maybe that will happen. So, I don't I don't I don't know there. You
0: know, I I think I think what this was all about the, the more I've thought about about this movie, is I don't know how much of, of what we got in this movie is even going to carry over to future X Men movies. As much as I think that this movie was about trying to <laughs> trying to do right by the character, trying to wipe
1: the slate clean from the last yeah, Wolverine, I, I
0: really think that 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 was a big part of it. Because there's, if you, I mean, to be honest with you and with the, with the listeners, there's not a lot. To build on from this movie um we're we'll talk about the the credit sequence in a minute once we get to spoilers but uh yeah it's just in the movie as itself there's not a whole lot from which that you can take and and build into future movies i mean i guess they added a character to uh what could be a part of of the x-men world with uh yukio um it seemed like they were going to team up pretty well for uh-huh. you know at the end of the movie but regardless i i really feel like this was this is kind of an example of maybe what we can expect from the star wars universe and from future marvel and dc maybe dc who knows with dc but future marvel releases where we get some standalone films that don't necessarily tie into the uh the overarching story because i mean all of the 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 uh, Marvel movies that led up to Avengers, all of them were built specifically to 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 build to uh, to the Avengers. Right? Um, I think we're we're about to get into a, a spot where we're going to have more of these movies where nothing that happens in the movie will go against the the known canon of whatever franchise they're a part of. But maybe they're not necessarily intended to be a you know another block in the avengers or the uh, another block in the uh, whatever x-men story it's just a standalone with that character um so yeah I, anyway I, th- I think that this is a i think the, the main purpose behind this movie was we have the right actor to play this character we have a character that everybody loves but we have yet but the movie that we just did about him sucks. Um so let's let's just try to make something good and and if we're going to do that, if we're going to just try to wipe the slate clean, why don't we try something different and stick him in a strange setting and uh and kind of do some weird some uh, weird's not the right word but some different things with the script and take it in some different directions. And I think a lot of it's effective. It just yeah. as yeah. you as you said quite perfectly Kent, it's got it's got genre ADD and by the end of the movie the movie's only like right at 2 hours long and it feels much longer because it did. it felt so long. So it felt much. never
1: ending there were your yeah. audible groans in the yeah. theater when the, uh-huh. when another scene would start you know yes. it's like it really felt way too long and
0: yeah
1: and it well, but but on a good note there were several moments in this film that were hilarious
0: uh-huh. And yeah. I
1: laughed out loud numerous times in this movie. I rarely do that in movies. I can th- I can walk out of a movie and think it was hilarious and not laugh one time in the theater. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. But I literally laughed uh, numerous times in this movie, and I felt like it really hit on that stride um, mm-hmm. great. Specifically the scene where he pushes the guy out of the window and he lands in the pool. Yeah. Or when they're on the bullet train and they're, they cut, suddenly cut to inside the bullet train and there's a dude – Looking through the top uh, skylight window at you know uh-huh. the fighting, right? There's just small moments like that that were so funny, and there's there's numerous others that I've that have crossed my mind at this particular moment. You might be able to.
0: No, you, to. Uh, those are the ones that come to mind, and you're right. And I think those are the moments where your Wolverine is almost channeling kind of like a John McClane type of yeah. an attitude, and I felt like the cause I feel like those those scenes usually or those moments usually came in very straightforward action movie e type stuff and i thought that was the those were some of the best parts of the movie was when we we just focused on let's make an action movie and we'll even set it in a kind of a strange setting with with the japan and whatnot um and then we'll we'll put a superhero into the mix and i really liked those portions i think more than any of the rest of the the film yeah i do
1: too and the more i think about it though the more glad I am that this wasn't a typical X Men movie, Do you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, yeah. no one needs another X Men Wolverine Origins or whatever. Right? You know, right. they had to do something different here. Yeah, um, I agree. So we'll have to see when when Days of Future Past comes out, what what they end up doing. But do you want to mention anything you really really liked about about this movie that you just walked away? You were like, man, that was they really nailed it. it. Um,
0: you know, I think I've hit on it. I, I really like Jackman in general and I really like him in this. His American
1: accent is just perfect.
0: It is. And he's just so, so great. You know, there's, you look at it, not to go back to die hard, but, uh, Bruce Willis is the perfect guy to play John McClane. It's not, I mean, there's nobody else that can, that can fit that role. And I think that, uh, I think Hugh Jackman and the Wolverine are the same, and and I think he's just great in this role, and, and this is his best one. Um, you know, I liked the grittier tone to the movie. I do wish, however, that it uh, look. I I honestly wish it would have gone full full bo- full bore and uh, and gone for an R rating instead of. Uh-huh. Uh, I felt like they went. Because I don't care. Look, it came close not at one some of those... parts. It really it does. did. And, and there's that kinda... cussing.
1: There's f bombs. There's blood. You know. Right. It's
0: and that always kind of bothers me because I don't. I, I'm not somebody who feels like it. Ha- you know. I know there are a lot of people out there who think that action movies, especially, cannot be good unless they're R rated. Um, and I think that that's that's dumb. But yeah, that's stupid. I, I don't care one way or the other whether you whether you're PG 13 or whether you're R. But I don't like movies where I felt like. While watching this, I felt like uh, it was supposed to be an R-rated film and at the last second they kind of chickened out and cut some of the, oh, uh, you know, cut some of the, the the gore or the blood or, you know, brought the camera angle up to where you can't see, you know, like the, the opening yes, scene. Where yes, guys where you can't see the guys out. getting stabbed or whatever.
1: Yeah. Which, that was okay. just like Tarantino Pulp Fiction whenever yes, yes. Willis, not to mention Willis again, I guess this is a right. Willis podcast, yeah. where he stabs the... <laughs> being yeah. rames with the sword yeah
0: right no i i just i i don't care whether you want to be pg-13 or r i i'm fine with especially with this situation this this movie i think this honestly would have been the perfect opportunity to say okay some of our some of our characters are going to are dark are in darker places and we're going to have really dark gritty movies and those are going to be r-rated i think this would have been the right time to do it but if you're not going to do it don't go 80% of the way. You know what I mean? Like find the, the happy medium ground between PG 13 and R rather than just, it it starts to feel cheap when you're, when you're building towards something that's definitely going to be classified as R rated. And then you kind of, you, you glance away at the last second. So I would have honestly preferred to just go full, full bore and, uh, and pick up the R rating um, and go, and really take it to the dark place that I think that it started to go, and then kind of backed off of. It's really intriguing to think
1: about this movie being an R as a standalone. You know, yeah. If it well, doesn't, you're... if it doesn't fall into the canon that they're trying to establish here for X Men, yeah, that would be a great, a great call because well, I don't feel like you're alienating anyone. Because the entire audience I saw it with was adults; there was no yeah. kids in there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, I totally agree. I totally agree. And you remember. Uh, this movie originally was supposed to be directed by Darren Aronofsky. Oh, was, yeah, yeah, uh, yep. That was where they were going. And I at the time, I thought, when they announced that, I thought, man, that's kind of a
1: weird I can totally choice. see it now, though.
0: Yeah. Yes, I 100% agree. The more I thought, and who knows how much of this movie was what, you know, Aronofsky, I don't even, you know, who knows what the script really was when he was signed on. But uh, you, you kind of get that vibe from it. Uh, and you, you kind of wonder if, it led me to wonder personally if, this was the argument that led to Aronofsky leaving the project. If it wasn't just that he wanted to go do Noah, if it was that, okay, yeah, I want to do this, but this is an R-rated movie, and and Fox or Marvel, whoever has, I don't know, it who was has, Fox,
1: it was Fox with and, Marvel, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. Disney. So if
0: Fox and Marvel said, no, we're not doing, you know, we're not doing R-rated movies with with these guys, and that's why he left. I mean, that's total, complete speculation on my part. I don't know anything about that for sure. It just kind of—that's what started running through my mind as I was watching, because you knew Aronofsky wanted would want to go all the way with this and and make it uh, as dark and and kind of grimy as it starts to become, um, and and then just it, it backs off. Yeah, uh, yeah. So
1: Brian Gill, yeah. grade for Wolverine. I'm gonna give it
0: a solid B plus.
1: B plus. I, I give yeah. it a solid. That's actually a pretty good grade. I'll give it a. Is there anything between a B and a B plus? <laughs> yeah,
0: you know what yeah, I'm saying. That's, that's kind of right where about I'm about an
1: eighty-six point five.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's right at the top of the B's and right at the bottom of the B pluses. I would, yeah, I would, say. yeah, yeah.
1: So, actually, you're gonna hate me for this, but <laughs> I was actually late to meet up with some friends um, when I saw this movie, and so I didn't s- stick around for this post credit oh, sequence because man. I know that Marvel is known to stick f- a thousand fake names in the credits just to make people wait for the post credit sequence. So sure. I knew I was going to be sitting there 10 to 15 minutes waiting for it, and I just didn't have the time literally to sit there and wait after Man. a two-hour movie that I was already like, all right, come on, ended already. So Dude. please fill me in, and spoiler alert coming up right now for, for Wolverine. Fill me in on, on the post-credits.
0: Sure. Uh, so we had, uh, we had Wolverine walking through a, an airport security checkpoint and uh, right as he's about to go through, he starts to see a bunch of metal objects kind of swirling about and he realizes you know who's in the room and he whirls around and, and there's Magneto and it's, it's Ian McKellen Magneto, not Ooh. Michael Fossman Magneto. And uh, Magneto says something to the effect of, you know, bad things are coming. I need you to be on my side. Or help me or whatever and and uh, Wolverine says, why should I trust you and he says you shouldn't but you should trust him and right as he starts to say it you look around and, and you realize that everybody in the uh, in the airport is frozen that nobody else is moving and uh, and Wolverine wheels around and in rolls Professor Charles Xavier uh, uh-huh. in the flesh Patrick Stewart back from the dead if you remember the end yes. of uh, last stand, uh, and he says, you know, something like, you know, I I told you that I'd, you're not the only one with powers, or something like that. Right. Anyway, just really set up very, I mean, beautifully, in my opinion, just perfect setup for uh, Days of Future Past and the the kind of vibe that we're gonna get from from that movie with the the collection of all of the mutants from our various X Men movies. Great man, I'm gonna have to look that up. That yeah. is exciting. Oh, yeah. I'm
1: really after seeing this. I'm really excited for Days of Future Past. I am too. I think they're going down the right path here with it. I am
0: too. So. The, the viral marketing that they're doing right now for uh, for that movie is uh, is pretty spectacular too. I've and really the image
1: they released that. today of Peter Dinklage is incredible. Yes. yes. So if you go on go on Google and type Peter Dinklage X Men, and I'm sure it's the first one that'll pop up. It's absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. So sweet um, stash,
0: bro. Yeah,
1: really, really amazing stash. <laughs> Great stash. So let's. Uh, I know we're running out of time here, but let's yeah. move on and and give weekly recommends So go ahead. Hey, you go first. I I forgot to get mine. I got to look something up.
0: Real forgot quick to get sure. yours. Yeah, I forgot to come up with one this week. So all right, I'm you gonna go mention.
1: First. I'm gonna mention a, a TV series um, from from Adult Swim that I that that just got added to Netflix a few weeks ago that I had never seen or never gotten a chance to see uh, called Children Ho- Children's Hospital. Have you you seen
0: this? I've caught a couple episodes here and there, yeah.
1: Yeah, this show is so random and so funny. I mean, it really is just so funny. Uh, It stars Randy, or Rob Corddry. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, And a bunch of other people. It's really, just really a funny show about a hospital. Kind of Scrubs-esque. Sure, yeah. Tries to be more serious than Scrubs, but somehow is more funny. If that makes sense, uh, yeah. it's just great. Each episode is only like ten minutes long, and so it's real easy to knock out the first season in about an, less than an hour. I think you could do right. it in. Right. And so it's just really funny original show, and I can't wait to watch uh, season two of of Children's Hospital. So check it out. It's really inappropriate. Don't watch it with your parents. Don't <laughs> don't let your kids watch it. Right. Uh, definitely an right. adult swim type show, but check it out. It'll make you laugh. It's really just really original and funny show. Children's Hospital is my week recommend. So, Brian.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna. I actually watched this like maybe a month and a half or two months ago, um, but I just haven't had a chance to bring it up because we've always had other stuff to discuss. Uh, It's a show that was on BBC America and it went from no one's ever heard of it to everybody that I follow who is in the TV world was talking about it within like a week. Uh, it's called Orphan Black,
1: um, hmm.
0: and like I said, it was on it was on BBC America. It's ten episodes long. It just completed its first season, like in I think at the very beginning of June. Um, it has a tremendous premise, and it is completely out of control. And it just it it gets kind of crazier and crazier as the season goes. It's so much fun. But uh, the idea behind it is you've got this this uh, kind of a con artist. Somewhat of a junkie girl on the run named uh, Sarah Manning, who sees a woman uh, commit suicide. She jumps in front of a uh, a train or a bus, yeah, a train. And right before she jumps in front of the train, uh, this girl looks at her and realizes that she looks exactly like her, like they're they're twins basically. So she ends up stealing this girl's identity to get out of some uh, a jam that she's in, Um, and because of this, she gets wrapped up in this really crazy conspiracy and uh it's not i don't think it's a giveaway to say that the the basic premise of the the entire show is she she discovers that she is a clone and that there are several others of her out there Uh, and they're all wrapped up into a a a very strange uh kind of just wild conspiracy uh tatiana maslani is the the main actress she has been in nothing that you've ever seen or heard of before this, before this movie or mm-hmm. before this show. She plays, I think, five or six different characters, and uh, she should have she should have gotten a uh, an Emmy nomination. Honestly, I mean she's uh, she's incredible, and she gives each of these different versions of herself completely different personalities, and you know each of them quite. It's hard to explain without going into spoilers, but. Suffice it to say that you can tell the difference between her characters even when one of her characters is pretending to be another character. Um, it's very layered, really good. It's a, it's a fun watch, and it's also really intense and kind of gritty. And uh, Anyway, I loved it. I watched all ten episodes in about three days. Is it on
1: – where can I find it? Is it on Netflix? Dude,
0: I had to get it on On Demand. It's not on Netflix yet, but it but it did just finish its run. Uh, and so BBC, BBC and BBC America are pretty good about putting those – their shows on Netflix, so mm-hmm. hopefully soon it will end up on Netflix. But if you have, uh, you know, a I've got uh, DirecTV, I'm sure it's on like UVerse or whatever. If you've got BBC America and you have access to to uh, the on demand there, find it, watch it. It's it's an awesome show, and I really loved watching it. Sweet, thanks for. I that, know you'll man. love it, Kent, for sure. you I will. Definitely got I'll check it
1: out, man. I will. You know, I always check out your recommends
0: because it's always <laughs> good stuff. Uh, but Brian, let me ask you this. Where can sure. I find more of your work online? You can find me on Twitter at bgil 12 or you can find my writing at CanBabiesDrinkRedBull.com. You can Can't, follow Richard can Barden.
1: Yourself? Let me mention Richard. You can follow uh, Richard Barden at Richard Barden if you want to, even though he's not here. Uh, yeah. Still give him a follow. He's, he's an okay guy. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at KentGarrison. Uh, you can find the show online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com find all our episodes on there for free unlimited downloads and streaming and all that stuff Um, find our weekly recommends on there, contact the show on there, find out more about the show on there, go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com anything else you want to mention before
0: we get out of here Brian? Nope. Next week, I think we're going to be talking about the way way back. So, yeah, stage
1: for that one, uh, we're we're all real excited to talk about that film. Summer summer movie season's coming to an end here in about two weeks with Elysium. I, I think that that in our minds we marked the end of the summer with that movie. So, yeah, following that, we're going to do a summer recap and uh, and have a good time and discuss our totally. favorite favorites of the summer. So, uh, on that note, until next time, we will see you at the cinema.
0: Goodbye. Goodbye. I want your <laughs>